Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. <laughs> it's July 25th, 2017, and that means there's five months left until Christmas. It's our two-year anniversary today, so we're devoting this entire episode to listener suggestions. So thanks to folks like you, we'll be discussing the Pinky and the Brain Christmas special. We'll count down the five best Christmas specials from British television, give some tips for celebrating Christmas in July, decide who sang Christmas Island best, and we'll hear more in the great die-hard Christmas movie debate. All right, it's hot in here. Let's start the show. Greetings! It's that magical time of year where it's okay to celebrate Christmas even though it's not. If all the sales I'm seeing online and in stores are to be believed, it's Christmas in July. Now, technically you can celebrate any time in July, but the official day is today, July 25th. Today is also the second anniversary of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. Can you even remember what you were doing way back in July of 2015? It seems so long ago. But, since then, I'm amazed at how many people wanted to play these silly reindeer games with me. So I'm hoping to continue the tradition we started last year of making the anniversary show all about you. All the segments this week come directly from or inspired by your feedback. Whether it's emails, comments on the websites, Facebook comments, tweets, iTunes reviews, even messages on our new Instagram account, Can't Wait for Christmas Pod, you've reached out and I so appreciate it. So let's open up Santa Bab's mailbag to see what you good folks have to say. Santa Bab, he is gonna read some emails from you, or tweets, or Facebook messages to Santa Bab, he is opening up his mailbag tonight. We're gonna start things off on Facebook. A few weeks back, we posted a picture about Christmas in July and asked what your Christmas in July traditions were. We got some fun responses, and since it's Christmas in July right now, I think this qualifies for our We Need a Little Christmas Now segment. We need a First up, it's Shannon, who says... Hold on a second. What's up, imaginary listener who sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog? You're just going to read this email? Well, yeah, that's kind of the point of today's show. Hmm. The problem is, you like to add commentary while you're reading. But since we can't see the letter, we don't know where the letter ends and your oh-so-witty quips begin. Well, what should I do? I can't exactly give every listener a copy of the email and expect them to read along. When you hear this sound, turn the page. No, there's a much easier solution. Hey, Siri, read Shannon's comment. Okay, imaginary listener who sounds kinda like Kermit the Frog. Shannon's comment says, We have our annual Christmas in July party. We set up the pool, get out the sparklers, fire up the holiday fireplace on Netflix, play some Christmas carols and put out popsicles and sugar cookies. The kids run rampant and the adults have some iced grog and all is merry and bright, and hot. So fun. Shall I read another, or does Tim have some commentary to add? Yes I have some commentary to add. First off, Thanks, Shannon. And a Christmas pool party sounds like an awesome idea. Something about the combination of floating in a pool and listening to Christmas carols sounds perfect to me. Also, I could go for a Christmas popsicle right now. What about you, frog guy? I could go for another comment. Siri, read Jolly's comment. Did you say Jolly's comment? Yes. The person's name is Jolly? Yes! That can't be her real name. Who cares? There couldn't be a more appropriate name for a listener of this show. And your name is Suri, so just read the letter, will ya? All right, all right. 
Jolly says, we have a mini tree I decorate with cheap Hawaiian ornaments bought from eBay, put up a Christmas banner, inside, make Hawaiian food, some authentic recipe some Hawaiian style, watch Christmas movies and listen to Christmas music for about a week, we usually take a short trip, sometimes hubby wears his Santa Hawaiian shirt. I love it. There needs to be more Christmas-themed summer wear. Also, that brings to mind the question, where is a good place to go for a Christmas in July vacation? That might be something we look into for a future episode. Thanks a lot, Jolly. If that is your real name. Hey, zip it, microchip lips! Hey, I don't have to take this. I'm an intelligent assistant, not a co-host. I'm shutting down. Bah humbug. Well, that's just great. Don't worry, I pre-recorded Siri reading a Christmas in July-related comment that was left at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com by Adam. Here, listen. Hey, Tim, love the podcast. It's like a year-long advent calendar. Why does she sound like a British lady? My settings were all messed up. Just go with it. Wanted to make sure you are aware, though I suspect a Christmas-ophile like yourself may already know that last year Music Choices Sounds of the Season television channel played Christmas music throughout July, or at least after the 4th. For Christmas in July, all day, all July, all Christmas music on Sound of the Season. Also, the Hallmark Channel plays some of their Christmas movies throughout July as well. Sure, they are sappy movies whose problematic plots many times defy common sense, but it's Christmas. Keep up the good work. Well, that's great info. Thank you, Adam. But what about Anthony's Facebook comment about the Hallmark ornament debut on Saturday? I think that was July 15th. Kinda missed the boat on that one. But wait, we also did get a letter from Chantel, who runs allthingschristmas.com, and that's a, definitely a site that you could do get some Christmas now any time of the year. In fact, they just put up an article recently about the best Christmas movies to watch in July. I gotta mention that. Well, you just mentioned it. Put a link in the show notes and you're all set. People can enjoy that whenever they want to. Oh, all right, we did it. Moving right along. That's my line! Let's go to our countdown segment, Five Golden Things. Five Golden Things. This one was left as a comment at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com by Adam, and he says, Wait, should I just read it? I mean, we don't have Siri. What if you want to make comments? It'll still get confusing. Well, then you read it. Are you sure? It's kind of long. The limits of this Kermit-sounding voice will become very obvious after a while. Trust me, no one tunes into the show because you sound like the real Kermit. You're good to go. Okay, here goes Adam's announcement. Hey, Tim. Another wonderfully festive podcast to help me get through the year, but what happened to the Who Sang It Best this month? Oh, I've actually been alternating between Who Sang It Bests and winner announcements. With the Die Hard thing going on all year, I didn't want to give you guys too much to do between episodes. It's supposed to be a podcast, not homework. But if you'd like me to step it up, let me know. Emails, comments, tweets, just make your voice heard. Like, like, like you're doing right now in this comment that I'm interrupting. Sorry, carry on, frog guy. Okay. Also, I was thinking about the fan submissions for Five Golden Things, and one came to me as I was walking to work yesterday. I don't know if you have many other British listeners, besides me, of course, or any listeners who are into British TV, but I love TV specials, and I thought I'd count down my five favorite British TV Christmas specials. I've included some clips for those you may not be familiar with, too. Okay, now read the very end. What? Trust me, it'll flow better if you read the last part of his email right now. What about the list? Would you just read it? (sighs) Hope you find these interesting, and maybe check out some if you can find them online or elsewhere to watch. Adam. That's a great idea, Adam. See, I told you. Mm-hmm. Sadly, the only British shows I'm really familiar with are Doctor Who and Monty Python's Flying Circus, because I am a walking nerd stereotype. So let's get ourselves some Christmas culture from across the pond, starting with... Number five. The Snowman. This attic's full of memories for me. We spent all our summers by the seaside, and in winter, at home. 
by the fire. Frost on the window. And snow. Snowballs and making snowmen. One winter I met a really big snowman. He got this scarf for me. You see, he was a real snowman. classic British festive animation from Raymond Briggs about a snowman who comes to life to take a young boy on a magical journey through the sky to a snowman party to meet the red man with the bag. Also, one version had an introduction from none other than David Bowie. So I've never seen The Snowman, but I was Googling the new Michael Fassbender movie by the same name the other day and I came across it. I have to say, the animation is beautiful, but wow, that ending. Right in the feels, as you kids say. Number four. Doctor Who, A Christmas Carol. Ah, yes, blimey, sorry. Christmas Eve on a rooftop, saw a chimney, my whole brain just went, what the hell? Don't worry, Fat Fuller will be doing the rounds later. I'm just scoping out the general chimneyness. Yes, nice size, good traction. Big tick, Fat Fella. Father Christmas, Santa Claus, or as I've always known him, Jeff. There's no such person as Father Christmas. Oh, yeah. Me and Father Christmas, Frank Sinatra's Hunting Lodge, 1952. See him at the back with a blonde, Albert Einstein, the three of us together. Watch out. Okay? Keep the faith. Stay off the naughtiness. I take on one of my favorite ever stories, which I still read every year, with a Whovian twist. Throw in some flying sharks, a crashing spaceship, and Matt Smith, and you've got yourself a classic Who Christmas. I have seen this one, and you may have noticed it was not on my five best Doctor Who Christmas specials from a few episodes back. I like it as a story, don't get me wrong, but again, with those feels at the end. Do you British people enjoy being sad at Christmas? Number three. The royal family, the new sofa. I bet our Denise will be worried. She's never cooked a Christmas dinner before. She's never, ever bloody cooked at all before. Do you want a leg tomorrow, Dad? Mmm. I'd love a leg, Denise. Do you want a leg, Mum? Oh, yes, please, Denise. Do you want a leg, Dave? Oh, yeah, please. My dad usually has a leg as well. Right. Bloody hell, Denise, what are we having love with bloody octopus? <laughs> <laughs> a show about a television-loving working-class family whose Christmas is centred around watching TV, drinking, and moaning. The new sofa has the eldest daughter cooking her first Christmas dinner, complete with a frozen turkey under a tanning bed, a ukulele sing-along, and lots of vodka. This one I haven't seen at all, except for the clip that you just heard. Um, looks good? I found the show on Netflix, but I couldn't find the new sofa episode. But I will take your word for it, Adam. Number two. The Office Christmas Specials. Everybody, if I can have your attention, please. Short announcement. Okay, uh, for those of you who care or liked her, Dawn Tinsley will be coming in this afternoon. If you've never heard of her before, uh, she was just a receptionist, worked here for some years. Um, her and her fiancé, Lee, went to Florida. And yes, Tim, that's uh, fiancé, if you know what that word means. Um, uh, maybe you want to keep your thoughts to yourself this time? <laughs> All right. Back to it then. Please. Hey. I know what it's like. I worked in a lot of places over the years, and the number of infatuations blokes have had over me. Oh, God. I mean, they know they can't have me, but I don't stop them. Mm. I don't know what it is about me. They like so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm racking my brains. 
The original British Office, starring Ricky Gervais, ended with a pair of Christmas specials where we caught up with his character, David Brent, struggling as a traveling salesman but revisiting the office for a Christmas party. Martin Freeman plays the hapless Tim, Jim in the U.S. version, who is obviously desperately in love with the ex-receptionist Don, who is back temporarily for the holidays. Such a sweet, amusing, and cringeworthy Christmas tale. Another one I haven't seen. I've never actually even watched The American Office. That sort of cringe humor just makes me uncomfortable and not in a fun way. But I know the show is quite popular, so it must be good. So it's definitely worth checking it out if you haven't seen it and like that sort of thing. Honorable mentions! Knowing me, knowing Yule. With Alan Partridge. Steve Coogan plays the idiotic TV presenter Alan Partridge, who hosts a disastrous Christmas special whilst trying to get a new series for his program. Well, I got nothing. What's the next honorable mention? Okay. Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean. Rowan Atkinson is the childish, mute Mr. Bean, miming his way through creating a nativity scene with dinosaurs and Daleks, stealing a tree, and getting a turkey stuck on his head. Classic Mr. Bean. So let's go to... Number one... Father Ted, a Christmassy Ted. Perfume. Perfume. You think you'd be able to smell it? Where exactly are we now? Well, we're in the, um. In the. Oh, God! We're in lingerie. We're in lingerie. What's the problem there, Ted? Think about the two, two priests hanging around near ladies' secret things. It just doesn't look good. Where is the exit? God, look, we're in bras. This way. Oh, no, more underpants. I mean, why do they need so many kinds of underpants? Huh? I mean, what? Do they parade around in them looking in mirrors all the time? <laughs> Billy! Terry! Ted. Ted Tilly. Hello. How are you? Good to see you both. We got a bit lost in the store. That's why we're here. We got a bit lost. <laughs> I suppose that's why you're here as well. Lost? Uh, yeah. That's right. Yep, that's it. That's it, exactly. We lost. We lost. We're our, lost. Um... <laughs> I don't suppose you know the way out of here. It's uh, Ireland's biggest lingerie section, I understand. Really? Yeah, I read that somewhere. But, uh, I think the best idea is for us to get out of here as quickly as possible. You know, four priests hanging around the um, freely section. Yes, I see what you mean. Let's, let's try this way. <clears throat> Father Ted is an Irish sitcom about three priests on a small island. Their Christmas episode starts with a bunch of priests getting lost in Ireland's largest lingerie section while shopping and get stranger from there. Also, keep an eye out for their housekeeper, Mrs. Doyle, taking a few falls while trying to put up Christmas decorations. I haven't watched this one yet, but why do you bother adding commentary if all you're going to say is that you haven't seen these things? Quiet, you. Anyway, I did watch the first ten minutes or so, and I did laugh out loud at Mrs. Doyle's first pratfall and the lingerie part as well. I'm in. I'm going to watch the rest of this as soon as I can. I don't want to support illegal sharing of files, but I couldn't find it on iTunes, Netflix, or Amazon Prime. But there is a tube out there. It's not a me-tube. It's more of a... Well, you get the idea. But I'm going to go the legit way and check out the DVD from my local library, which has this episode on the Father Ted The Definitive Collection DVD set. Well, now I can't read his sign-off to end this segment since you already had me read it. Hey, it's okay. I will end this segment by thanking Adam for all the work he put into that and for introducing me to some fun-looking Christmas entertainment that I'd never heard of before. And I'd like to remind everyone that if you have ideas for a five golden things list, you can send them in to christmas at tancast.com. You don't necessarily have to flesh it all the way out the way Adam did, but you can totally do that too. I just love to feature your top five ideas on the show. So now we're going to go into a new segment. See, this whole episode is feedback from listeners, but sometimes we get specific feedback on our most recent episode. So I thought we'd let these voices be heard on our segment, Feedback, from our last show. Messages from listeners everywhere. Feedback on our last show. Feedback on our last show. 
hermit guy, you gonna read these again? Nah, I've had enough for one day. Maybe get one of your other imaginary listeners to read these. Okay, where's the imaginary listener who sounds like George Bailey? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen him since January. Anyway, bye! Well, that was, that was kind of rude and abrupt. I guess these characters have kind of a dark side. Did somebody say dark side? Hey, imaginary listener that sounds like Darth Vader, maybe you could read these emails. But they're written in English, not Imperial Basic. Can you handle that? Okay. It's important to stress that I am not Darth Vader. I am a random imaginary listener who happens to sound kind of like Darth Vader. And I have really bad asthma. Okay, but we need a reader for these emails. Fine. Great. So, last episode, I did a five golden things of my top five warm weather Christmas songs and asked people to write in with their own suggestions, and Dwayne wrote in with... Hey, Tim. Dwayne here from Merry Christmas, New Zealand. Formerly... NZ Christmas. Here's a version of Winter Wonderland that screened here in New Zealand last year. It's called Summer Wonderland, featuring Ronan Keating. It changes out the winter themes with things Kiwi. We are called Kiwis, if you didn't know. Smiley face. Sounds super ominous in that voice. Here's a video of the song, and he puts a link. I assume you will put this in the show notes? Yes, I'll put that in the show notes. Also, I liked it so much, I did a drum cover. Here's a link to it. I assume you're going to put that link in the show notes as well? Yes, I'm going to put both the links in the show notes. Excellent. Cheers for now. Thanks, Wayne. I like the song. Like I said, I'll put the link and your drum cover in the show notes. But there are a lot of stops and starts in the video, so I asked for a cleaner version, and Sarah stepped up after saying, I was about to suggest the same song. Rings true here in Australia as well. Love your drum cover. Somehow, I get the feeling that is not what Sarah's voice sounds like. But also, Amy had a song suggestion as well. I love Cactus Christmas from Brian Setzer Orchestra. She puts a link here. I assume you'll put that in the show notes as well. Yes, I'll put all these links in the show notes at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Excellent. Right. Anyway, thanks, Amy. Can't go wrong with Brian Setzer. And one last email from Sean, who writes... Hi, Tim. Sean from SoCal. First off, I love Christmas, and I look forward to the podcast every month. Thanks to you, my family does a little version of Rudolph Day every 25th, and we watch a Christmas movie and drink hot cocoa. And yes, even in the summer, in California. My family and I are all Christmas nuts, and Disney Disneyland nuts. So when I found your podcast last year while listening to the Nostalgia podcast, it was an instant fit. A few things. Have you seen the streaming Wonderland feature on Hulu? I stumbled upon one searching for new things to watch called Gingerbread Home Remodel. It's a lot like Netflix's Fireplace features, but it's a little more silly. There are other ones that are Christmas related, but I haven't watched them yet. It's a perfect thing to have on in the background, and it's a great thing when you need a little Christmas in your day. Would you consider doing a Five Golden Things on animated TV Christmas episodes? I know you did a similar list on episode 3 of your podcast. I'm a huge fan of animation, and when Christmas comes around, I watch as many as I can. My personal favorite is the It's a SpongeBob Christmas. I know that not everyone cares for SpongeBob, but this special episode is done in the style of Rankin Bass, and it is awesome. Also, Bob's Burgers does some great Christmas episodes. Well, that's all. Keep up the awesome work on your podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. I haven't seen the streaming Wonderland thing in Hulu, largely because I don't have Hulu. I already have Netflix and Amazon Prime, so Hulu didn't make the cut. But I think they have something similar on Amazon Prime. I'll have to check it out. As for our five golden things about animated Christmas special, that sounds like a great idea. I'll do some research for that in the future. Also, I think you're going to like today's feature. In fact, let's get to our feature now. Wait, I'm going to tag out for this. Let's get another imaginary listener in here. Huh? Hey, everybody. Hey, it's the character who sounds similar to, but for copyright reasons, it's definitely not Mickey Mouse. 
Actually, you may not want to read this one. It's all about Warner Brothers animation, not Disney. Okay, I don't think it's possible to overemphasize this point. I have a high voice and a nervous laugh, huh? But I am not, I repeat, I am not Mickey Mouse. Right. That explains why you look nothing like him. Well, then you can read this letter. Oh, boy. This actually came from the messages of the My Merry Christmas forum at MyMerryChristmas.com back in May of 2016. Hold on. You've been sitting on this letter for over a year? Why must you always make me feel guilty for how long it takes me to get to these messages on the show? I had to do some research, okay? Just read the note from Daniel 12 Days. Okay. He says... I started listening to your Christmas podcast and I love it. I actually had a special you might want to check out for an eventual episode. In 1993, an animated series entitled Animaniac started. It was an animated variety show starring three characters named Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Anyway, another set of characters were these two lab mice whose goal was to take over the world. Their names were Pinky and the Brain. Yes, I was not a watcher of the Animaniacs. I knew of them, and then I knew Pinky and the Brain got their own show. The episode of Pinky and the Brain in question was from the first season. It was entitled A Pinky and the Brain Christmas. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Chief Brain, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. The holiday man is an overthrown man. The Pinky, the Pinky, and the brain, 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 brain. brain. So this was another case of me not being able to find the show for a while. Then I remembered to check my local library and BAM! I got the Pinky and the Brain Volume 1 DVD set. And let me tell you, this was a great special. Now, I never really watched Pinky and the Brain. In fact, this may be the only episode I've ever seen. If they're all this good, I might watch the rest of the episodes on this DVD set. I'll let Daniel 12 Days start off the plot synopsis. Basically, the plot of the episode was that the Brain created a doll that would be able to hypnotize everybody into making him the ruler of the world. They go to Santa's workshop to get the plan to happen. My plan, Pinky, is to get a noodle noggin doll into every home on the planet. And then, on Christmas Day, we broadcast my hypnotic suggestion to the world... Impersonate Regis Philbin! E. God! Chaos! No, Pinky. My message of world domination. That I shall be their ruler. Our only problem is that we need one billion noodle noggin dolls, and to make all of them ourselves would take 137 years. Oh, well, we'd be pretty old by then, wouldn't we? Yes, I believe we'd be 139. No, the only way to make them all is to pay a huge workforce. Oh, oh, I know, Brain. We can get a holiday job as mall security. Please, Pinky, I... Yes! Pinky, this is it. Look! Elves wanted for holiday rush. Apply North Pole. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? Well, I think so, Brain, but apply North Pole to what? So the Brain, who is, like, the brains of the two mice, like, there's a... Like a smart one and not a dumb one, but mm, let's call him a simple one, and that's Pinky. Anyway, the brain creates this toy that can hypnotize people, and he wants to get one to everyone in the world. He doesn't have the resources to build it himself, so he and Pinky decide to get jobs as elves at Santa's workshop in order to sneak the brain's toy into every kid's wish list so that the elves will make them and Santa will deliver them. A lot of funny gags in the show, which I guess makes sense for a 90s cartoon show, but also a lot of them are very 90s specific. Like one of the first things the brain has Pinky do when he's testing out the hypnotizing dolls is an impression of Regis Philbin. To save you younger folks some googling, 
He was the host of a popular 90s game show called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? That name was on everybody's mind back then. Now, not so much. But my favorite gag in the whole show comes after they've been discovered at Santa's workshop and the head elf has them cornered. I want you two to come with me. <gasps> Look! A decoy! Ah! Hey, hey! I love that. It's such a simple joke, but it's so beautiful. It's the old point to something behind the person to distract them thing that's been done a million times. But usually they come up with a good reason to turn around like, hey, look, it's Beyonce, or look out, the cops are right behind you. But I like for, for this one, they just straight up said it was a decoy. Woo! I rewound that five times. I know I'm over explaining this joke, but I, I thought it needed to be highlighted because it's such a beautiful bit of comedy. Anyway, they actually manage to pull this off, and they get Santa to deliver all of the Brains dolls all over the world. And then, well, I'll let Daniel 12 Days take over from here. The ending, however, was something an average episode of Pinky and the Brain would never do. It was incredibly heartfelt. Without giving too much away, for once, Brain finally succeeds. However, due to something Pinky did, he gave up on his plan and ended up spending the holidays with Pinky instead. I will talk about the end in more detail later because I don't think you can do justice to how good the special is without talking about the end, but I'll put up some spoiler warnings before I talk about that part of the show. But this special, it definitely struck a chord. It won an Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program and several people, including Entertainment Weekly, have noted it was one of the great Christmas specials in recent years. But then, some people wonder why, if it's so good, why don't we see it again and again every year like we do with other animated specials like The Grinch and Charlie Brown? And I'd say it's for a few reasons. First, it was on the WB Network when it first aired. The WB Network had such poor ratings, it doesn't even exist anymore. Not even Superman could save it. I don't get that. Oh, Smallville was on the WB. It was a prequel series about Clark Kent before he became Superman. Huh, okay. Well, why else don't we see this special rerun every year? Another part of it is the dated jokes I mentioned earlier. It's not like you see Rudolph mention forgotten celebrities of the 1960s. The best recurring specials are timeless. But also, most specials are standalones. It's not like there was a weekly Frosty series and the thing we see every year at Christmas was their Christmas episode. So unfortunately, this gem faded somewhat into obscurity, which is too bad because it definitely passes listener Brian's Linus test with flying colors. If you didn't hear our last show, listener Brian says that in order for something to be a true Christmas movie, or in this case TV show, there has to be that moment where we learn what Christmas is all about. Like Linus towards the end of the Charlie Brown Christmas. But to talk about this, we're going to have to talk about the ending. So, here's the spoiler warning. Hey Suri, can you help us out with a spoiler warning? I told you, I'm not reading any more emails. No Suri, we need you to calculate the precise time code people should skip to if they want to avoid spoilers about Pinky and the Brain Christmas. Calculating. Great. So, if you haven't seen it yet, and I highly recommend you do, skip the track ahead to... 29 minutes and 6 seconds. Got it? Okay. So, spoilers start in 3, 2, 1. Okay. Now that they're gone, it's just us. How awesome is that letter that Brain reads at the end? The whole episode, Pinky is trying to write a letter to Santa, and the Brain is pretty rude to him about it. To top it off, Pinky doesn't get a chance to give the letter to Santa, and he is beside himself with grief about it. The Brain continues to be mean and dismissive until he reads Pinky's letter. And I know what you're thinking. He's not going to play that clip, is he? Of course I am. If I had to watch this and weep, you got it too. Dear Santa, hello, haha, narf. This year, Santa, I ask for nothing, but I wish to tell you about my dear friend, the Brain. He is honest and very hardworking, and only wants what's best for the world, but he gets no reward. He is only greeted with defeat. He never gives up, but I know it must be very hard. So please, take anything that you had for me and give it to my best friend in the whole world, the brain.
by any chance do you have in that big old bag of yours, the worm? What? I'm not crying, you're crying. Actually, you're quite clearly crying, Tim. Fine, but I'm not alone. Even Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson, the voices of Pinky and the Brain, get emotional over it. The show is about the relationship. A lot of people, yes. you know, people, the, the gadgets, the plants to take over the world were, were, you know, subterfuge. But what the show, what really tied the show together was the relationships that the Pinky and the Brain had. And I think a lot of the, if we didn't love each other. Oh, no. It wouldn't have worked, you know. I, I mean, and, and so. Remember when I gave you the world brain in Christmas? Yes, that was a very. That made me cry. It made me cry. When, I'm crying right when now. We, when we read it, I cried. I had no trouble emoting. I actually cried when we read, when we table read it. Was it. Sweet. it was sweet. It was very really sweet. And, dear. um. It's a, it was a, you know, because you've been yelling at him the whole episode. Yeah, I mean, he was yelling. You've been hitting me in the head time. with a pencil. That's right. Yeah. Pencil. That's right. Hate but I think the show that. is about that, about the, 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 the love, even though Brain could never admit it. In one fell swoop, they encompass the giving is better than receiving message that so many Christmas specials try and fail to do. They give us a Christmas redemption story with shades of Scrooge, and they add a heart to the special that really transcends the stereotype of a silly cartoon for kids. If you've just skipped ahead, welcome back. Don't worry, it's spoiler-free from here on out. In fact, I'd like to close out by saying that this is a great Christmas special, and you don't even have to like Pinky and the Brain to enjoy it. I want to thank Daniel 12 Days for letting me know about this, or I might never have found out about it. Is that necessary? Hark the herald angels sing They're Pinky, they're Pinky and the Brain, 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 Brain now it's time for our musical showdown feature, Who Sang It Best? This one comes to us from Stephanie from Facebook, and I think I'll read this one myself. She says, As always, I love your podcast. Happy two-year anniversary. When people ask me why my phone wallpaper is Christmas Mickey Mouse, I say, Because I need a little Christmas now! As for suggestions to Who Sang It Best, you mentioned it right in your podcast. Christmas Island. My vote is for Jimmy Buffett. Keep on going because you are my once-a-month Christmas joy. Christmas tree emoji. Well, thank you, Stephanie, and her Mickey Christmas wallpaper is totally cool. And she's referring to last episode when one of our top five warm-weather Christmas songs was Christmas Island. Now, I picked the version by Bob Archer and the Dinning Sisters, but I mentioned that the versions by Jimmy Buffett and the Andrews Sisters were more popular. So, for the first time on Who Sang It Best Ever, there's going to be a three... No. There's going to be a three... No. Look, there's going to be three songs, okay? So let's end this awkwardness and meet the contestants. Our first version is Bob Archer and the Dinning Sisters. How'd you like to spend Christmas on Christmas Island? How'd you like to spend a holiday away across the sea? The Andrews Sisters. How'd you like to stay up late? Like the islanders do Wait for Santa to sail in With your presents in a canoe Jimmy Buffett If you ever spend Christmas On Christmas Island You will never stray for every day Your Christmas dreams come true on Christmas Island, your dreams come true. 
Full versions of these songs and your voting box are at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com now. You can vote once a day, every day, and we'll announce the winner on our August 25th show. And you'll find out who sang it best. And speaking of audience participation, it's time we try once again to answer that eternal cinematic question, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It's Christmas Eve in L.A. Welcome to the party, pal! Die Hard a Christmas movie! We've been getting tons more responses on this, and I love it. Here are some great ones we've gotten recently. The first one is from Matt, who says, First, thank you so much for creating this podcast. I used to think I was alone in my year-long love and celebration of Christmas, but over the years, i found My Merry Christmas, the My Merry Christmas Crate monthly box, and eventually your podcast. It's great to know that I'm not a total weirdo for listening to Christmas music all year round. Related to the Is Die Hard a Christmas movie debate, I do have something that might contribute a piece of information to the debate. I'm a lover of retro video games and collect Christmas-themed cartridge games. I currently have over 40. When deciding if a game falls into my Christmas-themed category, it simply must remind me of Christmas when I see or play it. A winter theme does not meet the threshold. If there is a single Christmas tree in the game, it will probably not pass the test. If the main character is Santa Rudolph or the Grinch, it will be added to my collection. Games with a persistent Christmas theme, with lighted trees, elves, or taking place around Christmas time, like the Home Alone games, also work. Since Die Hard has many references to Christmas throughout the film and takes place on Christmas Eve, I must consider it a Christmas movie. Well, thanks very much, Matt. But I think Shannon might disagree with you. She writes in, Hello, Tim. I wanted to weigh in on the die-hard Christmas debate. But first, some background on myself. I'm a registered nurse, and I work in a specialty unit in a wound center. I won't bore you with the details, but myself and four co-workers spend 40-plus hours a week stuck in the same room with each other, providing treatment to patients. The patients are in hyperbaric oxygen chamber while undergoing treatment. They can't hear what we are saying outside of them. For safety, we can't leave the room unattended while the patients are in chamber. This gives the five of us lots of time to talk about strange things. Every Christmas, we have had this same diehard debate, so I thought I would give you our votes and the rationales behind them. Troy. He says yes for the same reasons that others have cited. It happens at a party, there are presents, Christmas trees, Christmas music, and the ultimate proof, it snows at the end. He also points out that John has flown across the country to be with his family, so boom, total Christmas plot. Anna. She just says no, it isn't a Christmas movie. No real reason given. Rich. He says yes, agrees with Troy on his reasoning. Steve, he says no. Otherwise, trading places and planes, trains, and automobiles will also be Christmas movies. Merely having the plot set during Christmas isn't enough to qualify as a Christmas movie. Also, I am in the camp of no. It isn't a Christmas movie. I think having people murdered during a movie prevents it from being a Christmas movie. That would not be a Linus moment, per the email from the last show. I can't picture Linus showing up after Han shoots Tagagi in the head saying, That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. In fact, according to the always factually correct internet, there are 23 deaths in Die Hard. Nope, I can't see that as a Christmas movie. The argument that a movie is a Christmas movie because there are trees and presents in it reminds me of another discussion regarding movies that my coworkers and I have had in the past. We have a huge selection of movies that are donated to our patients to watch while they undergo their treatment. We have separated those movies into categories, and one of the running jokes we have is that if the movie has a horse in it, it must be a western. By that logic, The Princess Bride is a western, which is obviously not the case. Therefore, just having Christmas tree in a movie does not make it a Christmas movie. Total sidebar, try categorizing Cowboys and Aliens. Is it a Western? Is it sci-fi? I have no idea. Thanks for adding to our annual debate with your podcast. Just to summarize, our votes are two Yippee-Ki-Yay votes and three Yippee-Ki-Nay votes. The nays have it. Smiley emoji. Shannon in Idaho. Well, thank you, Shannon in Idaho. A lot of good stuff there, but I gotta tell you, Cowboys vs. Aliens is a sci-fi movie. And lastly in our Die Hard debate, we've got a comment from the last episode left by Brian. Hey, wait a minute. I think Brian already weighed in on this. Hang on, let me check. Oh, 
Turns out there's nothing in the rules that says you can't weigh in more than once. All right, we'll allow it. Let's read Brian's comment. Brian says, The one recurring theme in most arguments for Die Hard being a Christmas movie is this. It's the only Christmas movie I can get my Christmas-hating friends to watch. And that, in itself, should be a huge red flag right there. It's the Christmas movie for people who hate Christmas movies. Die Hard is to Christmas movies as Tofurky is to real meat. And just like Tofurky, the people who hate meat will keep insisting that it's really just like meat. But we turkey lovers know what's up. Just say no to Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Well... Strong words from Brian. But thank you for writing in, Brian. In fact, thank everybody for writing in. But here's what I'm wondering. Are any of these arguments swaying you? Did you have one opinion on this at the beginning of the year and you're starting to come around to the other side? Or do you become more steadfast in your opinion even in the face of counter-arguments? Or did you have no real opinion before and are you now starting to pick a side? Write in and let us know. Christmas at TanCast.com This is their idea of Christmas. I gotta be here for New Year's. (laughs) Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire... And that'll do it for this week's show. Thank you to all you who've emailed, tweeted, left comments. I know I didn't get to everybody, but I truly do appreciate every bit of feedback. Especially one we haven't mentioned yet, iTunes reviews. It always brightens my day when I see a new iTunes review go up. Like we just got this one the other day from... It's kind of hard to read your screen name, but the review says, Love this. My Christmas-obsessed bestie introduced me to this when there were just two episodes, and we both listen to this day. Sometimes I don't listen right away and binge four episodes at once, but it's great stuff. I just wish the outtakes at the end weren't there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Tim, are you okay? Someone better get him some water. Do I need to take over the show? Guys, it's fine. Everyone has different tastes. <laughs> That's the great thing about feedback. It allows you to learn what people do and don't like. So, for today's episode, I've replaced the outtakes with a parody song I wrote a couple weeks ago about Christmas in July. So enjoy that. And until we meet again, don't forget to let us know your thoughts about how often we should do Who Sang It Best, vote for this month's Who Sang It Best, send us your five golden thing ideas, write us an iTunes review, and tell us your opinion on Die Hard. See? That does feel like a lot of work. Well... Feel free to do as much or as little of that stuff as you want. The important thing is that you keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2017. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can'twaitforchristmaspod. Or on Twitter, we are at ChristmasPod. Or you could always send us an email directly at Christmas at TanCast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the TanCast podcast network. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Kristen Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Oh, oh, oh.
some eggnog in the sand, candy cane melting in your hand. We're feeling jolly and I know why it's Christmas in July. Roast chestnuts and barbecue, or you log on the campfire too. Put ice cream on your pumpkin pie, it's Christmas in July. There goes old Chris Kringle with his rosy cheeks of red. But it's not from being jolly, he got sunburned instead. Grab your ugly Christmas bikini and play some reindeer games. Have a summer movie marathon with your old pal John McClane. Put presents under the palm trees and carols in the cool AC. Give cranberry popsicles a try, it's Christmas in July. Come join us crazy Christmas folk, take the sweater off before you get heat stroke. There's not one snow cloud in the sky, it's Christmas! Christmas.